Before we begin, if you like what you hear on the Tin and J-Man Show, don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and go ahead and click subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We encourage you to interact with us and keep up to date with the Tin and J-Man Show on social media by liking our Facebook page and following us on Twitter and Instagram at Tin and J-Man Show. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Tin and J-Man Show with your hosts, Tanner Lee and Josh the J-Man Mont. Good evening, Tan and J-Man Show Nation, and welcome back to another episode of the Tan and J-Man Show podcast. If you're watching live on the ISC Sports Network, you might be wondering why I'm the only one live on camera. Where's Josh? Don't fear. Josh is here, but remotely. What's going on, J-Man? What up there, T-Dog? Not too much, and, and just to assure everybody, I do not have covid or anything i just have a small procedure later this week in the middle of the week and uh have to do a little self-quarantine before that so that is the reason we're just taking the extra precaution so that's why we are doing it like this but uh like i said josh on the other line we're ready for an action-packed episode to bring towards you we got some world series recap like josh said before we got on the air feels like it happened a decade ago um we also got some college football and some nfl to get through so Quite a bit to bring to you this evening, but like always, the Tan and J-Man Show is brought to you by The Damn Landing. Whether you want an epic burger, hand-tossed pizza, hand-breaded tenderloin, seafood, craft beer, or a handcrafted cocktail, The Damn Landing is the place to be. The Damn Landing is a bar and grill located on beautiful Lake Mantle that focuses on freshness and quality, and of course, they got The Damn Smoke, which is available every weekend and features barbecue and steaks. In addition to that, you can wash it down with one of their 16 beers on tap including a constant rotation of today's best microbrews and domestic flavors or a handcrafted cocktail made using fresh ingredients. Taking the fantastic views of Lake Mansell in their beer garden or outdoor bar area might be, well, it's supposed to be pretty nice this weekend, so it might be one of the last weekends you can take advantage of that. Whether it be by boats or by wheels, the Dame Landing is the place to be, located at 1305 Ewing Road in Rochester. Are you ready to hear the birdie bogey? A little nervous, but I think I'm ready. It's an NFL question. I think you have a decent shot to get it. See, but whenever um, one of us tells the other one they got a decent shot, it doesn't go very well. That is my reverse psychology um, talking <laughs> right there. Uh, Julio Jones had his 58th career 100-yard receiving game on Thursday, which is fourth most all time. Who are the three ahead of him? Ooh, that's a really good one. I could have guessed a lot of people that uh, were going to be involved in the birdie bogey, and I don't think Julio Jones would have been one of them. (laughs) Birdie bogey is brought to you by Noble Gnome LLC for fresh, locally grown, nutrient-dense produce from Bryce and Katie Romine of Mentone, Indiana. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Instagram, and check out their website, noblenomellc.com. Wow, I even had to read right here in front of me because I figured you weren't ready to ready to go, but uh, I under- it is it is locked in my brain. It, it must be. I underestimated the J man. <laughs> I apologize. You're ready to rock and roll and uh, do your part. So. But I do have the on this day ready for you. Quite a bit this week on the on this day. On this day in 1895. The first organized auto race in the United States was run, and it was in Chicago. 
Six cars were involved. It was a 52-mile lakefront course. Only two cars finished because of blizzard-like conditions. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a good one. Yeah. Well, let's see here. On this day in 1958, the Los Angeles Rams beat the Chicago Bears, and this wasn't last Monday. This was back in 1958. 41-35 to before 90,833 fans at the L.A. Coliseum, the NFL's uh, most single-game attendance record. I believe that still stands. I know Jerry's World can open up to over 100,000, but... I, I was going to say, I, I know the old um, Washington Redskins stadium used to hold quite a few, too. Or Washington football team. My apologies. Uh, yeah, I know FedEx uh, Field, even to this day, holds like 80,000. But, mm. um, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that's still an attendance record. I'm too lazy to look it up right now. But I'm going to roll with it. On this day in 1960, New York Yankees outfielder Roger Maris beats out teammate Mickey Mantle for the AL MVP award with a vote count of 225 to 222. The second closest vote ever. Was that the year he hit the 61 or 62? Uh, 1960. Gosh, I wish I knew that off the top of my head. J-Man's here to Google it. <laughs> On this day in 1964, Columbia Broadcasting System, CBS, buys 80% share in the New York Yankees Baseball Club for $11.2 million. Hmm. Later purchases club outright. Interesting. There were Roger Maris actually hit, uh, won back-to-back MVPs. 1960 was the year before he hit the 61 homers. So he hit 61 in 61. Yep, he hit 39 in 1960. On this day in 1969, quarterbacks Billy Kilmer of New Orleans and St. Louis's Charlie Johnson each passed for six touchdowns for a combined NFL record of 12 passing touchdowns in a game. The Saints went on to beat the Cardinals 51-42 at Bush Memorial Stadium. Oh. Also on this day in 1969, 41-year-old Detroit center Gordie Howe picked up his 19th and final NHL hat trick as the Red Wings beat the Pittsburgh Penguins by a score of 4-3. to Howe is the oldest player to score an NHL hat trick. Impressive. So it's a pretty good one. Uh, oh, here's a good one. On this day in 1972, Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton uh, was selected the NL Cy Young Award winner. He won 27 games for the Phillies, and as a team, the Phillies only won 57 games. <laughs> <laughs> On this day in 1974, the Atlanta Braves traded then-MLB home run king Hank Aaron to the Milwaukee Brewers for outfielder Dave May. I think that ended up pretty well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, who knows? Eh, he was okay. No, he was pretty bad, actually. <laughs> Make up your mind, would you? <laughs> On this day in 1977, uh, Philadelphia Phillies pitcher Steve Carlton again won his second Cy Young Award, outputting Tommy John of the L.A. Dodgers. Carlton led the National League with 23 wins and posted a six point or 2.64 ERA. Tommy John out of? I don't know what where he's out of. Indiana State. Could not have told you that. Born and raised in Terre Haute. Speaking of Indiana, on this day in 1978, Wayne Gretzky 
was sold to the Edmonton Oilers after just eight games with the Indianapolis Racers of the WHA, where he scored six huh. points. He scored 104 points in 72 games with for both teams combined and is named the WHA Rookie of the Year. It was uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good. There's a reason why his nickname is the Great One. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, <laughs> I don't know. This is bad. I laughed at this, but on this day in 1988, a Mexican radio station accidentally reported that Mike Tyson had died in a car crash. <laughs> uh, we we had a good one um, last week with Mike Tyson with Donald Trump yeah. charging him. $2 million for four months of uh, some sort of work. Mike Tyson is in these uh, quite a bit, but a lot of times I just uh, don't read it because it's usually not very appropriate <laughs> stuff. So on this day in 1988, A shortstop Walt Weiss won AL Rookie of the Year, giving the A's their third straight Rookie of the Year as Jose Canseco won in 1986 and Mark McGuire in 1987. I was going to say, Conseco and McGuire were probably the two that won it directly before him. And Walt Weiss was not a good manager for the Colorado Not. Rangers. On this day in 1990, the first NBA game at the Target Center was held in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as the Timberwolves beat the Mavericks 98-85. to um, Can you tell me who was the uh, top uh, leading scorer for the Timberwolves that night? For the Timberwolves in 1990... I will I give name. you. I will give you fifty bucks if you get this right. Oh, um, man! I don't even know who played with the Timberwolves. Uh, I have no idea. I, like I don't even have a guess. Uh, Rolando Blackman. Oh, Rolando of course. Blackman. <laughs> of course, it was. Uh, also on this day, nineteen ninety, the first regular season game played outside North America by any major professional sports league. Uh, happened when the NBA's Phoenix Suns beat the Utah Jazz 119 to 96 at the Tokyo Metropolitan Gymnasium in Japan. And on this day in 1990, a lot of NBA stuff. The Golden State Warriors uh, registered a 162 to 158 win over the Denver Nuggets at McNichols Arena, with the 320 total points setting an NBA record for most points scored by two teams in a non-overtime game. Huh. A lot of defense being played that game. Oh yeah. On this day in 1991, Nevada made the biggest comeback in NCAA football history when they overcame a 35-point third-quarter deficit to rally and beat Weber State by a score of 55-49. On this day in 1994, the NFL announced the expansion. uh, Carolina Panthers would play in the NFC West while the Jacksonville Jaguars were assigned to the AFC Central. And let's see. On this day, 1996, Miami Heat's Pat Riley became the eighth coach to win 800 games in a 97-95 win at Indiana. The milestone accomplished two weeks shy of his 15th coaching anniversary, the fastest than any coach in NBA history. Yeah, he's uh, pretty good at what he does, regardless of what he does. Yeah. And... Oh, and... um. What happened on this day in 2016, J-Man? I was just about to say, you it better be on this <laughs> website. Uh, the Chicago Cubs finally won a World Series. Um, 
it has been called the greatest day of many people's lives, and it was definitely the greatest day of my life. Uh, can you name who was the MVP? It's right in front of me here. So. Okay, and I figured you would have been able to get it anyways, but I was just trying to uh, see if I could stump you. Ben Zobrist. Who got the final out? Um, Chris Bryant threw it to Rizzo, didn't he? Yeah, but who was pitching? I don't remember. Mike Montgomery. Mm, yeah. it, it was his first career save and it came in game seven of the world series that's a good time to have your first career save <laughs> not too shabby no nope. our our old friend cj edwards started that inning our good friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well something like that <laughs> I, I don't think uh, people yell at their good friends as much as you yelled at a uh, good old carl edwards over the years didn't have to worry about him this year where did where did he go he was with seattle um I just saw they outrighted him to AAA, so it clearly didn't go very well for him there either. Uh, yeah, well. It happens. Yes, it does. So, But that is the On This Day segment for this week's episode, and it's brought to you by Proforma Print House. If you're looking for a trustworthy, dependable resource for your next trade show, company picnic, or sales meeting, Proforma Print House has over 50 years combined experience in promotional products and commercial print. They strive for fast and efficient response to all your print needs, you need to look no further. Let them be your one source print and promotional company to get today. Give them a call at 574-210-3815. Do you want to stick uh, with a little bit of baseball here uh, before we get into the meat of football? Might as well. Um, As Tanner said, it felt like the uh, World Series happened about a year ago, even though it was only five days ago. Um, But it was actually six days ago, so... It's actually a lot longer than I thought. Um, (laughs) The Los Angeles Dodgers won their first World Series since 1988. Um, Did you watch much of Game 6? No. So, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays starter, Blake Snell, was just cruising along. Um, He struck out nine, I think, nine through five innings. Um, He starts the sixth inning, gives up a base runner, whatever. Still looked pretty good. Old Kevin Cash comes out and yanks him out of the game, even though he had 72 pitches um, total. Um, honestly, Kevin Cash might deserve to get fired for that. Um, he went to his bullpen. Bullpen comes in, gives up three runs and three innings. Um, he's such a numbers and analytics guy, and analytics are supposed to help you make decisions. They're not supposed to force you to make decisions. Um, and I think he just looked at his little spreadsheet or whatever he has and says, oh, this, this is what we need to do now. Instead of just <laughs> going with emotion and kind of feel uh, through the game, um, he decided to yank his starter who was absolutely rolling, and it came back to bite him. Um, now it doesn't help that they only scored one run, uh, but Kevin Cash was rightly uh, crucified for that decision. Um, but, you know, credit to the Dodgers. They were the best team in baseball all season long. Um, and they ended up winning it. That doesn't happen very often where the best team uh, throughout the entire season, even though it was only a 60-game season, um, happened to win the World Series. I mean, you look, 2016 Cubs were the best team in baseball throughout the year, uh, 2018 Red Sox as well, um, but it doesn't happen very often. But, you know, credit to the Dodgers. Uh, Mookie Betts um, was really good. Corey Seager won uh, the most valuable player. 
now the season's over, which means, uh, as our good friend uh, Andrew Eiler would say, now the real season begins. <laughs> the off season. Yes, and, and and what are you what are you looking for the Cubs to do in the off season? Um, it's going to be a real strange off season due to COVID. Of course, uh, I don't think we're going to see that much money spent. Um, it's a real bad time for free agents to uh, hit the market. Uh, and you have guys like Trevor Bauer out there who's looking for $300 million, uh, for some god for 12 good starts. Um, he'll be wanting $300 million. Uh, But no, we've seen guys turn down or teams turn down team options, decline team options on really good players. I mean, Colton Wong's a really good player for the St. Louis Cardinals as much as I dislike him. I was going to say, I never um, thought I'd hear those words come out of your mouth, ever. He's a really good player. Probably the best defensive second baseman in the game. Uh, high contact rate, decent walk rate. Um, they turned down his team option, which was only $12.5 million. I mean, he's easily worth that much. Uh, but teams just can't afford this. Uh, Brad Hand, the uh, Cleveland Indians closer, who was phenomenal this year. They turned down his team option, which was only $10 million. It's just going to be a really, really weird offseason. Um, and Cubs haven't spent money in a few years, and I don't anticipate them doing that this year either. It's sad because they have quite a few needs in the rotation. John Lester, they declined his team option, uh, paid him a $10 million buyout. Hey, that, do, that, that helped him, uh, 47000 of that helped him buy some beers over the weekend for Cub fans. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he, uh, it wasn't forty-seven thousand; it was forty-eight hundred. <laughs> but oh, jeez, um, I read that wrong in the article. Still, today. still, still a big number. A, it's still a lot of beers. That's a lot I mean, of beer. He, I've seen J Man ring up a tab, but nothing like that. Nothing like that, unfortunately. <laughs> I think I could do it though if I really tried. Um, <laughs> actually, I don't know how much. Um, oh, it uh, brought grand total to forty-eight hundred. It looks like um, is what he just tweeted. But he uh, hit forty-eight thousand. I was way off. Forty-eight thousand—that wouldn't surprise me. People love their Miller Lite. That's um, true, and and people love John Lester and the Cubs. So yeah, he had—I think it was four or five different bars mm-hmm. in Chicago. The first round of Miller Lights were on him, just as a thank you to the city. Um, but I do actually expect him to be back on a smaller, like maybe two million dollar deal, something like that. He's already got his ten mil, um, so he shouldn't be looking for that much money. Um, because they, I just, I don't want John Lester to throw another pitch with another team. You know, it's kind of one of those. He's only been with the Cubs for six, seven years, um, but he just seems like he should be a Cub for the rest of his career um, as well. But uh, it'll be interesting to see what all shakes out. Free agency actually started today. We likely won't hear anything until a few weeks down the road. How about the uh, other Chicago baseball team? They were in the news in the headlines this past week. Yeah, they've uh, made some waves, not very good waves. Um, but, of course, a few weeks ago they fired their manager, Rick Renneria, who was actually just named one of the three finalists for the uh, Manager of the Year Award in the American League. Um, I hope he wins it. So, I mean, so do I. The White Sox even tweeted about it. Congratulations to wow, Rick Renneria. For, um, <laughs> but they canned him, and then they hired old uh, old school unlikable drunk Tony La Russa, um, who hasn't managed since 2011. Um, he's an old school kind of guy likely won't mesh very well with this new generation of players. Um, he was 
criticized for some racist comments he's had as well, uh, which is obviously not good at all. Um, and then he also criticized Fernando Tatis during that whole swinging at a 3-0 pitch thing earlier in the year. Um, if I'm a guy like Tim Anderson, I'm wanting the heck out. I do not want to play for Tony LaRusa at all. Um, the game's passing by, as I said. It's been nine years since he managed. Yeah, I will say um, he's won. He's done really well everywhere he's been, but like sure. you said, it's been nine years now. That's quite a while. It's been to be a out and come long back the time. Game. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's been around the game, but still, he doesn't – he hasn't been in a clubhouse setting, um, especially with a team that's very, very young, um, like the White Sox, and they're ready to contend. Um, it sounds like this came from the top from Jerry Reinsdorf because he's really good <laughs> friends with Tony Larusa, which is just mind-numbingly stupid. I mean, it made – um, the last dance made Jerry Krause look like the absolute villain. I think it was Jerry Reinsdorf that was the villain. Um, he ruined the Bulls, and now he's on his way to ruining the White Sox. It's so stupid. It's a head-scratcher. I mean, I think a yeah. lot of White Sox fans thought they were just doing it to kind of get some publicity behind their coaching sure. search, make some waves. Nope, they were serious the whole time. Yep, it's just it's mind-numbing. I can't imagine how... White Sox fans are feeling. I I would be incensed. I'd be so mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, they're not feeling probably pretty good. I mean, I still no. – yeah, I don't know. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, I guess. So, yeah, it will. We'll see. Before we get into talking about some football, I meant to mention this at the very start of the show, and I forgot because I just forget things. Um, Later this month, on November 28th, will mark the four-year anniversary of the Tan and J-Man Show. The four-year birthday, I should say, for the Tan and J-Man Show. And to celebrate that, we decided to do a promo code involving our merchandise, our apparel, whatever you want to call it. For the whole month of November, 20% off most items when you use the promo code FOUR. F-O-U-R, all caps. Use that when you're at checkout. And you can uh, save 20% off most items, sweatshirts, um, hoodies, zip-ups, long-sleeve t-shirts, short-sleeve t-shirts, mugs, stickers, a um, whole bunch of stuff. So, And you can find that link to our store on our Facebook page, Instagram account, or Twitter account. The link right there has links to all kinds of stuff, and the first link will be the Tan and J-Man Show store. So if you want to support our podcast and look great doing so, Please go check it out and use the promo code for anytime throughout the month of November. You'll get 20% off. Get your veggies. I forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do a promo code for them someday. <laughs> so, college football. Inter- interesting weekend. Uh, like really every weekend has been so far in this weird season. Um I don't know how much Big Ten football you got to watch, but uh, what were your takeaways from the weekend that was in Big Ten land? So I watched literally zero seconds of any college football this week. All right. Uh, but I would say the biggest outcome was Michigan State going to – did they go to Michigan? They went to Michigan. And uh, beat them, um, yep. especially after getting whooped by Rutgers the week before. They went into Michigan and thoroughly trounced them. That was uh, pretty shocking to me. Jim Harbaugh now against his two biggest rivals, Ohio State and Michigan State, at home in the big house, has a record of 1-6. and six. 
Solid. Not good for old Jimmy boy. Um, I will never forget the game. I don't remember what year it was. Was it about 2015? 2015, yep. The the punter dropped it and then tried to re-kick it. Yep, and then he got it fumbled five, in. And then, yep. With five seconds left. <laughs> I still to this day am amazed that the Michigan State guy stayed on his feet. About the five-yard line, he started to fall down. That would have been catastrophic because at that time the clock had run out. Yeah, it had run out. So. And the guy had broken his hip falling into the end zone. <laughs> it was worth it. Um, and I don't know if he even played another down of football. Well, if not, that's a heck of a way to go out. That's a heck of a way to go out. So, uh, Jimmy, uh, it, it's weird to me if, if colleges will fire coaches over the season or not. But sure. uh, I think his seat's getting a little hot up there. That This weekend didn't help. That, that was a bad, bad loss for a Michigan team. Sure. That's a real bad loss, especially going into Minnesota and doing what they did the previous week to follow that up by losing to a rival that's not a very good football team. Um, not great for them. Speaking of Minnesota, they didn't have a, a good weekend either. They went no. over to Maryland a Friday night and lost a one-point overtime game. Kicker missed a chip shot field goal, but really it shouldn't even came down to that. Minnesota has a lot more talent than Maryland. They should have t- mm-hmm. just went in there and uh, taken care of business, but uh, – to his little brother, he uh, he balled out Friday. Looked like a totally different quarterback than he did the weekend before over in uh, Evanston. Um, from everything I've read, Minnesota's defense is atrocious. It is garbage through two weeks. They got to figure that out. Or um, um, I mean, PJ's boats are kind of sinking right now for this year, for this season. And again, this is such a weird year. You it can't is. even really evaluate um, this season. But most, I mean, fans definitely will. They don't care. No. It's 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 not only talent; it's a lot of luck too with um, mm-hmm. the COVID circumstances. Right. But uh, you can't lose too many games and, and expect to win the West. I mean, they no. already have two losses. No. That's put themselves in a hole. I don't know if they're going to be able to climb out of. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other takeaways over the weekend. Of course, we did not get the Wisconsin and Nebraska game last Monday. We knew uh, Wisconsin quarterback Graham Mertz probably was not going to play. We didn't know about the rest of the team and. As the week went on, and even over the weekend, they just keep getting more and more cases. Now their game against Purdue this weekend's pro- most likely in jeopardy. We'll know tomorrow if that's gonna, if it looks like it's gonna be played or not. But so, so Nebraska and Wisconsin did not play, even though Nebraska tried to get a uh, little non-conference game scheduled. Um, <laughs> the Big Ten did not go for that. Surprise, surprise. But um, so they didn't play. Uh, Purdue won at Illinois. Um, a game Purdue was up thirty-one to ten, and then darn near choked up. Really, uh, defense got very conservative. Uh, Illinois' fourth-string quarterback started to do whatever he wanted, and uh, it became a little bit of a ball game towards the end. But uh, but Purdue survived, got the victory there. Indiana went into Piscataway and came out with a victory over Rutgers. Looked pretty good doing so. Uh, I thought Rutgers would put up more more of a fight, but um, they kind of looked back like uh, they kind of looked like Rutgers did the past five years, really. Uh, Ohio State took care of business, Penn State. Ohio State's head and shoulders better than the rest of the conference. Uh, but uh, Penn State played all right, but Ohio State's just too talented. And uh, Iowa-Northwestern, which I thought was going to be the best game going into the weekend, it it, it was pretty good. Um, Iowa got up 14 nothing, but couldn't hold on to the lead. Northwestern came back and won, and Fitzy's boys looked pretty good. 
Peyton Ramsey's making a big difference for that team. Um, did I forget any game? It seems like he covered seven of them. Okay. Or si- six. six of them six without, of them. yeah. Seems like he covered it. All right. Well, that leads us to this weekend's slate of games. Uh, a lot of pretty good games, at least on paper. Uh, let's start off with the number 23-ranked 20, uh, one and one Michigan Wolverines. They're still ranked somehow. I thought they'd maybe drop out of the rankings. At the number 13, yes, not that's not a mistake, the number 13th-ranked Indiana Hoosiers, who are 2-0. and Michigan's a three-point favorite. Indiana has not beat the Wolverines since 1987. Who do you got, and how many points? I, I would first like to say that I won the Big Ten Pick'em from last week, I believe. You did? Um, we were both so, embarrassingly bad getting three of six picks right. Yeah, it was a rough uh, week for both college football and NFL Pick'em, um, but I won both of them. So uh, I deserve that belt. Unfortunately, I can't be there to It's going to be it coming your way here in a little bit. <laughs> I don't know if you got it on the TV of the channel, but it's coming your I way. I do. I'm watching your blue <laughs> shirt. Uh, but give me Indiana, and I have one point on it. I am also taking the Hoosiers. Uh, I think this is their best chance to beat Michigan in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Back-to-back years, they've hosted them, even though home field advantage doesn't really matter this year besides just different structure and scenery and everything. I'm taking Indiana for two points. Michigan State at Iowa. Uh, yeah, this was a tough one because uh, Iowa's 0-2, and they're never 0-2. Uh, lost two really close games where they probably feel like they should have won. Um, and Michigan State coming off that huge win at Michigan. Uh, but I'm taking the home team, Iowa, for three. And it'll be interesting to see if Iowa's number one wide receiver can play. Um his last name's Smith. Uh, then it starts with an M. I don't know. Smith Marset. Smith Marset got an OWI. Um, Yikes! Following their loss the other day, so uh, I'm guessing he won't be in uniform come Saturday. But I am still going with the Hawkeyes, but only for three points. Great minds think alike. Nebraska at Northwestern. Nebraska had a bye, essentially, um, this past weekend. Northwestern's playing really well, um, and I'm taking the Wildcats, but I only have two points on them. I'm taking the Wildcats as well. Like I said, Peyton Ramsey's really making a difference for this Wildcat team, and, of course, they're a lot healthier than they were last year. You can't really be mo- uh, much more uh, um, bitten by the uh, injury bug than the Nebraska or than Northwestern was last year. But So I'm taking the Wildcats at home for four points. Maryland at Penn State. Penn State's sitting here at 0-2, a surprising 0-2. Um, I think most people thought them they'd at least lose one of the first two games. Sure. But definitely not both. And uh, I think most people thought Maryland would lose both. And they're sitting there at 1-1. One one. I fully believe Penn State bounces back um, pretty large as well. Uh, I have them for six points. Great minds think alike. Yet again, Jay, man, I got the Nittany Lions for six. If the Nittany Lions lose this one... I don't know. Get ugly. Yeah, it could yeah. get ugly for uh, good old Mr. Franklin there in uh, Happy Valley. Minnesota Golden Gophers in the Illinois Fighting Illini meet in Champaign, both looking for their first victory of the year. Um, Illinois, it looks like, will still start their four-string quarterback and all of the players that missed last week against Purdue due to the contact tracing will also not play. Um Regardless, even if Illinois had a full roster, I would still take Minnesota. Um, so give me Minnesota for four. I'm taking the Golden Gophers for five. 
Um, but I was really impressed with the fight Illinois put up over the weekend, battling that COVID adversity. Uh, so credit to Lovey there, but I, I still think Minnesota is just too talented to uh, to fall to the line. I so go for five. Purdue at Wisconsin. Assuming this game somehow happens, which I think chances are pretty slim, to be honest, right now. Um, you had a smart strategy and only put one on this one because I didn't even think that could be a possibility. Um, but I'm taking Wisconsin, and I put five on them. I just think Wisconsin's defense is too good. I also put one I one on the game for that reason, and, and, and Purdue has not beaten Wisconsin since 2003, but I am taking Purdue because as of right now, they should have pretty much their full team together. Even if Wisconsin plays, we don't know the players that are out. Sure. Twelve guys have COVID, including their uh, their original second and third string quarterback. So they're down to their fourth string quarterback. We know that. We know they're more of a running team usually anyways, except they weren't week one against Illinois. So I don't know what players are even can would be able to suit up for Wisconsin. So so I'm taking Purdue for a one point. Um, and that's uh, – Hoping that they play and hoping that Purdue's offense can uh, air it out again and Aiden O'Connell can keep having a strong season and David Bell can keep leading the Big Ten in pretty much every uh, statistical category that a wide receiver can lead in. So, Because I still don't think uh, that number four, Rondell Moore, will be back this weekend. No idea. It was a new week, same answer today in the press conference. So nobody knows what's going on there. So, And lastly, Rutgers at Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State for seven. Yep. If if Rutgers wins, I will eat a bat. No, no, I'm not allowing you to do that. <laughs> nope. Not going there. You can eat something, but we're not eating bats. Nope. 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 All right. Uh, you ready to pick some other top 25 games before we get to the Sure. NFL? Your Miami, Florida, Miami uh, University, Florida Hurricanes at NC State. Uh, give me the Canes. My Canes rolling. Canes are nine-point favorites, ranked 11th. I'm taking your Canes as well. Really Beautiful. good matchup here out in the Mountain West. you got number nine, BYU, at number 21, Boise State. For the first time, the Mormons out there in Brigham Young University are finally playing someone. Uh, give me Boise on that blue turf. That's the thing. Everybody's talking about the number Stewart's putting up, and he, he's putting mm-hmm. up great numbers, but it's like, look who they've played. Nobody. Yeah, they played nobody at all. Boise State rarely, rarely, <laughs> rarely loses at home, and I'm taking the Broncos. SMU at Temple. Uh, who's the ranked one? SMU is ranked 18th. Give me SMU. I am taking the Mustangs as well. Welcome back, Pac-12 football. The MAC is also <laughs> back this week, but they're not. They don't have anybody ranked. But welcome back, Pac-12. Arizona State at number 20, USC. Give me the Trojans. I am taking the Trojans as well, even though I thought about taking Herm Edwards' boys. It's difficult to predict games when they're just beginning the season, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm taking the Trojans as well. Hugh, the Hugh Freeze-led uh, Liberty, I don't know their nickname off the top of my head. Flames. Flames. Uh, ranked 25th at Virginia Tech. Give me Virginia Tech. Yep. Yep. I, Virginia Tech's like 15-point favorites. You don't see that very often. From an unranked team against a ranked team. Yeah, I just, I mean, it's cool Liberty's ranked, but I think they get smoked this weekend. West Virginia at number 22, Texas. Um, did Texas end up winning the other night? They did. They won in uh, overtime over Oklahoma State. 
that's a huge win because Oklahoma State was ranked six. Yep, that kind of um, that might take the the Big Twelve might not have a playoff yeah, team now. Say they're probably out of it already. Uh, give me Texas at home. I agree. UMass at number sixteen, Marshall. We are. Marshall. Yep. Give me Marshall. I'm taking the Thundering Herd as well. Houston at number six, Cincinnati Bearcats. Look at those Bearcats. Uh, give me Cincinnati. I'm taking Cincinnati as well. We could. This could be the year a team like Cincinnati gets into the playoff, but uh, I kind of want to see it. I want to see it because everybody always says, well, there's such a difference level between Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, mm-hmm. in, in, in especially – to a non-Power 5 team like a Cincinnati or a BYU right. or a Boise State. Well, let's see it. And, right. and if that's the case, we can finally uh, put the book to bed, so to speak. Yeah. So. Uh, Luke Fickle knows what the heck he's doing. Yes, he does. Uh, this is going to be ugly. Kansas at number 19, Oklahoma. Oklahoma by 82. You know, I laugh, but it's probably going to be something like that. Uh, <laughs> Oklahoma, big, 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 and big some more. The uh, world's largest cocktail party down in Jacksonville, Florida. Number eight, Florida Gators against the number five, Georgia Bulldogs. Not sure who will be able to play and who will be suspended for the Florida Gators after that huge brawl at the end of the first half against the Missouri Tigers the other night. And I don't know, Jay, man, if you've been noticing, but I think Dan Mullen's a little off his rocker lately. Yeah, he uh, he was in favor of having a packed stadium, uh, for one. Um, then they had a COVID outbreak, and now they have this whole fight thing. Um, I think Georgia smacks them around. I think they do, too. And, and I don't know if you saw, Dan Mullen was pumping up the crowd going into the locker room at the tunnel at half, came back out again before he went in and pumped them up some more, then walked in. <laughs> and then in his press conference, he dressed up like Darth Vader. <laughs> He's losing it, man. It was Halloween. It was. Man. It was. But, uh, yeah. Um, number 14, Oklahoma State at Kansas State. Kansas State got smacked by West Virginia over the weekend. Yeah, Kansas State was ranked um, mm-hmm. at one point. Um, I think Oklahoma State bounces back. I agree. We have not disagreed yet. Baylor at number 17, Iowa State. Give me the Cyclones. Can't disagree. Stanford at number 12, Oregon. Give me Oregon. Who, I don't know who would be their quarterback this year. I don't either, but I, I, I think do they know. had a pretty highly ranked quarterback come in last year. I assume he's going to be the dude. Yeah, Mario Cristobal is supposed to have a pretty good squad there this mm-hmm. year. So, Game day game, game of the weekend. Number one, Clemson without Trevor Lawrence at number four, Notre Dame. Um. Clemson really struggled with Boston College there for a while. Credit Boston College, though, first-year head coach. Uh, they're playing really good football. Um, and with no Trevor Lawrence, I think Notre Dame gets it done and probably cements themselves as um, a playoff team at this point. Well, Notre Dame would definitely be in the driver's seat to get to the <clears throat> ACC championship. They would still have to travel to uh, Chapel Hill in a couple weeks, even though North Carolina had a bad loss over the weekend. So they would – potentially face either Miami or a rematch against Clemson, which then Trevor Lawrence would probably be ready for. Mm-hmm. Then it gets interesting if, say, Notre Dame wins this weekend, then loses to Clemson in the in the ACC championship. Will the ACC get two one-loss teams in the playoff? Yeah, that's, that's going to be an interesting uh, combo if it comes to that. I'm taking Clemson, but by single digits. 
think it's going to be close, but I still think Clemson gets it done. Their freshman mm-hmm. quarterback still played pretty well the other day, and um, yeah. I think he gets another week under his belt and everything, uh, um, chemistry with the team. But uh, wouldn't shock me if the Fighting Irish pull it off, but they're going to have to run the ball well, and Clemson's defense uh, stops the run. That's their strength. So, South Alabama at number 15, Coastal Carolina. Give me the Chanticleers. Can't believe they're ranked 15th, but I agree. And number now, s- I mean, they're ranked 15, but how many unranked Power 5 teams would beat them by like 30? A, a good lot. majority. Yeah, A lot of them. Number 7, Texas A&M at South Carolina. Give me A&M. I will finally differ with you, and I'm taking the Gamecocks. Give me Fair. a must-champ in South Carolina. I going to say, Muschamp's time's got to be coming to an end. He had a big win earlier this year against Auburn. That kind of helped him. But, uh, that helps, yeah, I yeah, guess. His, his seat's definitely, definitely hot. NFL Week 8, J-Man wins the confident picks, so he wins back-to-back weeks. You so, can't see me right now, but I have both fists up in the air. So the belts, I don't know if you're watching, J-Man, but it is. I am watching. Let me see it. Coming your direction. Coming towards the screen. So, um, three winners, three losers for week eight. Um, one winner, once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think they're at least a top two team in football right now, uh, them in Kansas City. Um, that defense is nasty. They're scoring a ton of points. Undefeated. Um, I, they're a big winner, in my opinion. I had them as one of my three winners as well. Um, yeah, I think they're the best team in football. They just keep rolling. We both picked the Ravens, so they proved us wrong. Lamar, mm-hmm. he struggles in uh, these big games for some reason. Yeah. Um, He's really struggled with Kansas City. Um, and I'll tell you, Mike Tomlin, I liked what he did in his post-game press conference yesterday. He kind of ripped his team, even though they're coming off a big win. Didn't mm-hmm. didn't think they played well. Uh, high standards there in the Steel City. I, I like I it. I like it. Quite a bounce back season. There's yeah. a reason they've only had three coaches in the last 50 years. Right. So, uh, two more winners for you. Um, New Orleans Saints going into well, Chicago. Very windy Chicago. Uh, Drew Brees, for the time being, became the all-time leader in passing touchdowns. Now he'll probably be passed by Tom Brady tonight. He'll go back and forth. Um, but that's a big win for the Saints. Uh, will Lutz was clutch at the end. Uh, so they're a winner. Other winner, I just want to brag on the Miami Dolphins real quick going in. I'm not going in, uh, but beating the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa made his first career start. Wasn't great. You could tell he had some rust uh, they needed to knock off. Um, and the game plan was very vanilla because they got up 28-7, to um, so they ran the ball a bunch. Um, but that defense, man, it cemented themselves as one of the best in football. Uh, they lead the NFL in points per game against, uh, only giving up 18 points a game. They're forcing turnovers. Their pass rush has been awesome. Uh, Emmanuel Ogba, I don't know if you remember him with the Kansas City Chiefs. I do not. Um, he was a second-round pick a few years ago. Um, his career high in sacks was five and a half his first four years. Uh, Dolphins signed him on a cheap free agent deal. He's sitting here, six sacks. He's third in the AFC, only behind T.J. Watt and uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, so he's been a godsend. Um, he blew up Jared Goff in the red zone, um, and Andrew Van Ginkle picked it up and ran 88 yards or whatever for a touchdown. Um, it was, and it 
they became the first team since 2004 to have an 18-point lead in three consecutive games. Uh, can you name that team in 2004? Jeez, you're dating me here. Um, <laughs> One, if, if, if you don't get it right and you hear it, you'll be mad at yourself you got it wrong. Was it the Colts? It was the Colts. Okay. Um, but, yeah, as I said, the defense has been awesome. Brian Flores, um, his defense in the Super Bowl when he was with the Patriots against the Rams – did the exact same thing that they did yesterday. Forced four turnovers. Um, they're just they're playing really, really good football right now. And uh, I'm excited to see uh, how much better the offense is this week against uh, the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, they're right on the Bills' heels for the AFC East. And, you know, now, now there's seven playoff spots in, in the AFC, mm-hmm. so they're right in the mix. Speaking of, uh, Chris Mortensen reports, the NFL Competition Committee, committee expects to present a resolution to owners based on a contingency of having a 16-team playoff season eight in each conference if games are lost due to the pandemic, especially as bye weeks disappear. That's fair. So we could have an eight-team uh, per league playoff. So that, I think, would help a team like the Dolphins out. Sure. And the Dolphins were one of my winners as well, so you took that from me, which is good. I'm glad you you, – you, you, I didn't get to watch any of that game, so you, you – Another – Another thing was the Rams ran 95 plays yesterday. That's about the most I've ever heard of. The Dolphins ran 49. The Dolphins got outgained by over 300 yards. Dolphins had 147 yards of total offense. That's what turnovers do to you. And but they and they won by 11. They forced four turnovers, including have a defensive turnover, and they had a punt return touchdown. Yeah. Um, that always helps as well. Um, so that first half, Dolphins barely had the ball at all, and they were up 28-7. Back to you. You mentioned the Saints beating the Bears, and I just wanted to say this before I forgot. I always chuckle whenever the Saints play out in the outdoors, like cold weather environment. The analysts always talk about, oh, this is no problem for Drew Brees. He played in Big Ten country. That was 20 years ago. Yeah, that was a you long know? time. He ago. played at San Diego and then in a dome in New Orleans his whole career. He's not that used to it anymore. <laughs> So I always just kind of get a chuckle out of that. But uh, my third winner is the Indianapolis Colts. I thought they were going to be in for a dogfight yesterday up in Detroit, and they really put it on them on the second half. thought mm-hmm. their defense played very well against a pretty good quarterback. And um, Colts are 5-2 and two now with a home yeah. game against Baltimore this weekend. Yeah, it's a big one. Three losers, J-Man. Uh, Green Bay Packers. They're, um, they're one of mine, too. Did you read my yeah. notes? I did not. Um that was just a listless performance against an absolutely listless Vikings team. And today it was announced they had a couple COVID positive cases, including uh, second round pick AJ Dillon, who's been in the running back room with Jamal Williams. And those are their top two guys right now with Aaron Jones being hurt. Um, I got so Jamal could, Williams on my fantasy team, so he will test positive. For um, COVID. <laughs> um, I don't know when Aaron Jones is supposed to be back, um, but that's not great for them. They're hard to figure out. Two weeks ago on the podcast, yeah. you called them. You thought they were potentially one of the top three teams in the NFL two weeks ago. And then they get annihilated by Tampa Bay and then have this terrible performance at home to a bad team. Yep. Um, yeah, they're tough to figure out. Another loser for me is the Tennessee Titans. They are on my list as well. They went in and, uh, and just got punched and never recovered. Yep. 
Man, Joe Burrow's going to be really, really good. The Bengals are going to be really, really good in few. They the, really the, are. The Bengals and the Dolphins, if the Dolphins somehow finish under 500, which I don't think they will, I will say both teams won't finish under 500 for quite a while after this year. You're um, underestimating the Dolphins' futility. <laughs> I think I think they're set up pretty good, though, in the future. They got a lot of picks coming from Houston. I think they're I think they're set up pretty good. The Cleveland Browns. Oh gosh, are another my loser. They lose OBJ for the season, then go out and score six points against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, the Raiders didn't even put up great stats. No, that was <laughs> awful. It's what the Browns do. We talk about it every week. Yeah, so up and down, you just can't jump on the bandwagon. No, I cannot. Um, I just can't do it with the Browns. They're always going to be the Browns. I me, mean, I don't care how good or easy their schedule is the rest of the way. It's just they're the Browns. My third loser is the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, <laughs> of course, I was happy the Broncos came back, and, and they made some good plays to spear that comeback, but the Chargers have now three weeks in a row lost uh, <laughs> leads of 16-plus points. <laughs> it is engraved in their culture kind of like yep. the Falcons. The Falcons and Chargers play each other here in a few weeks. Yep, um, They're going to tie. Something I was going to say is uh, probably both will get up 21 at some point, and then it'll be a tie game at the end. The Chargers have always been known to me since I've been um, passionately watching the AFC West as chokers and a team that just gets injured all the time. Injured a bunch, yep. So, uh, trust me, I'm thrilled that the Broncos came back. They were sitting dead in water down 24-3, to and I was not a very happy camper. And <laughs> But they came back and – Helped me get a really helped me have a really good sports weekend, which I rarely have. Like I was gonna say, that's a, so it was that's a good a rarity. So I'm gonna take it and run. So, all right, <laughs> let's pick some games for Week Nine, starting with a Thursday nighter, Green Bay at a very once again injured San Francisco 49er team. Yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is gonna be out a few weeks again. Um, so I and I think I know Green Bay is without could be without their whole running back room, but I still think they go in there and win. And um, I'm having for 12 points. I made this these predictions before I heard the news about Jimmy G and George Kittle being now eight weeks with a broken foot. And George Kittle, yeah, that's right. But I, I love Kyle Shanahan, but I'm going with Green Bay, but I only put one point on it. That was a lot smarter than 12. Well, <laughs> it could get you a big lead. So, uh, Denver Broncos at the Atlanta Falcons. This game was supposed originally supposed to be in London, as Joey Tribbiani would say. Uh, who do you got? Um, Denver, as you said, coming off a huge comeback win. Maybe that can get him kind of uh, taken off here. Drew Locke needed that fourth quarter. Oh, uh, yes, he, he did. <laughs> he might have been in danger of getting benched. It was uh, – my Twitter feed was interesting yesterday. Let's just <laughs> say that. Um, but going on the road, I'm picking the Falcons for eight. I got the Broncos for two. I, uh, they've won two out of the last – or three out of the last four games. Um, even though that loss was an annihilation to the Chiefs. But uh, I'm just hoping this does get them rolling and can get them going a little bit, so I'm taking the Broncos for two. Seattle at Buffalo, good game here. Buffalo squeaked one out um, against a a legitimately bad Patriots team. Um, the Patriots were going in to win the game, with, and Cam Newton just completely lost control of the ball. He's done. Um, yeah, he's done. The Patriots are done. Um, but I, I think Seattle is one of the best teams in football. 
and I have them going in there and winning, um, and I put 11 points on them. This is going to be such an interesting week because you're going high <laughs> with points. I'm going low, and we're differing a lot already. I'm going with the Bills for three. See, now we won't be close this week, which is nice. <laughs> yes. One, one of us will absolutely run away with it, and the other will not. It's either the Bills coming back home to me, or you're going to be a uh, three-week-in-a-row winner. Three-peat. Ugh. Uh, Chicago Bears, they're waking up, Jay, man. They're waking up. At As a matter of time. The Tennessee Titans. That old uh, Wims fella. Um, what's his first name? Uh, oh, um, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't either. Um, but he, uh, he threw a couple open hand slaps to a face mask. He tapped the guy on the shoulder. That was my favorite point. Or kind of pulled him. <laughs> and then he just, and he hit, and the guy just looked at him after he hit Is him. Is like, it? Is it Denzel Wims? That sounds Denzel. right, but um, I've never understood punching somebody with a helmet on. Never yeah, will. That's so stupid. Uh, I think Tennessee bounces back, and I put ten on them. I did too. Exact same pick. Tennessee for ten. Baltimore at Indianapolis. Um, I think Baltimore bounces back, and I think they go on the road and uh, beat them. And I have four points on them. I have four points as well, but I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts. Man, liked what I liked, liked what I saw. I don't. I feel like I don't pick the Colts enough, and I hear it from Colt fans and especially Bear fans. I haven't picked the Bears in like five straight weeks, uh, so I'm taking the Colts for four. Carolina Panthers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Panthers coming off a bad loss at home to Atlanta. Um, Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. I think he came back in, so he should be good to go. But I have the Chiefs for fourteen. I have the Chiefs for 12. Uh, Mahomes, 21 touchdowns, one pick right now. It's pretty remarkable. Yep. Detroit at Minnesota. Um, this is one that I kind of did a coin flip on who would win, but I put a lot of points or medium amount of points on the winner. Um, the Minnesota Vikings I'm taking for seven. I got the Vikings for eight, so we're pretty much on the same page there. Yep. The New York Giants at the Washington football team. Uh, Giants played tonight. Um Daniel Jones is one turnover away from matching Jameis Winston for most in the past two years. That's not a good category to be in, in um, the category no. with Jameis. However, I am picking the Giants to win that one for one against the football team. I'm taking the Washington football team for 11. Wow. <laughs> I, uh, don't be shocked if this Washington team wins the NFC East. That would be shocking. It's such a bad division. I mean, Phil, so Philly's got to get healthy soon, and then they should should run away with the division. They should. have such a mediocre quarterback, though. Yeah, he's got to start playing better. No, all no that excuse. whole division is just filled with bad quarterbacks. Now yeah. that Dak's hurt, it really is. The Cowboys scored more points in the fourth quarter the last time they had Dak in the fourth quarter than they have in all the games since twenty-four to twenty. That that Danucci fella was not good last night. No. Houston at Jacksonville. Um, Gardner Minshew looks like his, at least, game is over uh, this week. I don't know if he's hurt or if they're just making the switch. It sounds like they're going to do that second or that sixth-round pick. I don't even remember his name, but give me Houston for six. I got Houston for nine. Uh, Las Vegas at the L.A. Chargers. I wish I would have put more points on this one, uh, but I did this before the Broncos-Chargers finished, and I never changed it. Uh, but I have the Vegas Raiders for only two points. I got the Raiders for seven, and that makes me want to throw up. Pittsburgh Steelers at Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uh, Dallas, if Danucci has to start again, Dallas will not score a single point. 
Uh, give me Pittsburgh for 13. I got the Steelers for 14. Uh, Dolphins at Arizona. This was a tough one for me to pick. Uh, Dolphins have to get more out of their offense. Offensive line has to play better. Um, they're facing a worse defense than they did um, yesterday um, in Arizona, but they're facing a better offense as well, in my opinion. Uh, so it's an interesting contrast of styles, uh, but I'm picking the Dolphins for three. Taking the Cardinals for six. Um, wouldn't be wouldn't surprise me one bit, though, if, if Miami wins that game. Good, good, good Sunday night game. Uh, rematch from week Finally. one. New Orleans at Tampa Bay. Uh, give me Tampa Bay for five. I fully expect them to blow out the Giants tonight, um, and we won't even have to worry about them losing a game to New Orleans. Got the exact same pick. Tampa Bay for five. Don't really have to say much more. And the Monday night game next week is trash. <coughs> New England at the New York Jets. Yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, combined two and 13 record. Um, if New England loses this one, it could get real bad there. Uh, but I cannot imagine they do. Give me the Patriots for nine. I got the Patriots for 13. And before we get to the birdie bogey, I know, J-Man, you probably forgot you did not do a book it this oh, week. Oh, yes. But uh, the J-Man's <coughs> book it prediction of the week is brought to you by Indiana Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Travis Watchering for life, home, auto, renters, business, workers' comp, and farm insurance. Give Travis a call at 219-869-4561. I actually have a birdie bogey real quick. So they you announced, gotta book it, you mean. Or book it real quick. They announced the finalists for both manager and Cy Young Award. David Ross is one of the managers. And um, Hugh Darvish is the, one of the Cy Young contenders. Give me Hugh Darvish. Book it. Poo Darvish for Cy Young. You heard it there. And you can reach Travis by email at travis.watchering at infb.com. Hit me with the birdie bogey really quick, J-Man. Julio Jones had his 58th career 100-yard receiving game on Thursday, which is fourth most all-time. Who's the top three? Marvin Harrison? Yes, that was the one I thought you were going to miss. Um, Randy Moss? Yeah. Terrell Owens? Oh, my gosh, Danner! No! Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice! Yeah. Yep. Oh, well. I, I thought two. for sure <laughs> Marvin Harrison was the one you might switch. Just came to my name Theo. right away. I don't know why. And, yeah. and then, of but, course, I forget the greatest wide receiver of all time. That's just awesome. Julio is one 100-yard receiving game away from tying Harrison, so he'll jump into the top three here soon. Darn it. Jerry Rice. Hmm. I oh, thought uh, for sure you got that one. Yep. Uh, well, you. Yep. I'm just I'm going to sign off there. So, uh <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for watching this week's episode of the Tan and J-Man Show. J-Man will be back in the studio next Monday, so uh, thanks for putting up with just me on your uh, TV screens, my ugly mug on your screens. Thanks, everybody, listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating review. That helps us out a lot. And we'll be back next week, same time, same channel. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay sane.